Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ MV. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. It's Tuesday. This studio is filthy. Don't you talk. We don't know where you've been. That's why I'm keeping my mask on the whole time. We don't know where Angela Yee been. Mike is falling apart. There's dust and dirt everywhere. Well, welcome back. How about that? Angela just floats in here. We don't know where she's been. Seen her. I've seen her with a T-shirt on that said COVID Poom Poom. Okay? That was at Chappelle, Dave Chappelle's summer camp. Well, I don't know when that was. I just saw the shirt. I'm like, oh, no. You know how many people hit me up in my DMs asking where can they buy that shirt? Oh, I thought they hit you up trying to get some COVID poop. It was a, it was like, a custom, geesh. it was a custom shirt that oh, I designed. I, I tell you what, young ladies, you walk around with that COVID poom poom shirt, okay? They're gonna put that swab somewhere you don't want it. God mm-hmm. dang it! All right, that's right. Well, good morning, everybody. It's a Tuesday. Um, yes, it is. You know, <laughs> fellas, women, you ever been in a relationship with with a with your your girlfriend or your boyfriend, and. Uh-oh. It gets nasty, right? What do you mean it gets nasty? Mm-hmm. Like, y'all get into an argument or they feel a certain way and they say they leaving. But you don't believe me. Like, you're not leaving. Man, Gia threatened to leave you already? Damn. They said reality shows is what make couples break up. Y'all uh, y'all was just on own for 30 minutes. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> what happened, bro? Why, why? Like, why is everything a joke? It's not a joke. I want to know what happened. All right. Well, a good personal friend of mine, Leonard McKelvey, said he was leaving. He said, I'm not coming back. I don't know if I'm coming back. Coming back like where? Then I happened to read the paper, and it says Charlemagne resigned for another five years. <laughs> Bay ain't going nowhere. Wow. Come give me a hug, Bay. I'm going to put my mask on for this one. Give him a bomb. First of all, address me, pro- address me properly. Can I give him a hug? Okay. Oh, oh, and you got... Oh, hug, hug me from the back. Ooh, and he, got from, a, he got an Emmy with him today. Hug me from he the got back. an Emmy with him today. Ray is here for five more years. <laughs> okay. Woo! And, and address Ray me. Ray is here for five years. Address Ray me. See, that's why I don't like you Address me properly. Okay. Okay. I, ain't leaving. I, ain't yeah, I know you didn't believe that. Address me. Why not? It's a great strategy, though. I'm leaving. I ain't going nowhere. I'm not. I'm out here. Y'all have fun. After this COVID is, I'm gone. Oh, yeah? Bay couldn't leave me. Listen. Tell me. Tell, address, tell me my workout. Address me properly, too. I'm also um, Senior Creative Officer of Cultural Content and Programming. Okay? <laughs> so don't get fired. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny? <laughs> oh, it's a game? Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, you going to write me up on that flirting you doing me? I might. I'm, right. an, I'm an executive now. You got to be easy of, right. of, of how you, um, you know, talk to me. All right, I gave you permission to hug me from the back. Oh, you gonna give me permission to hug me from the back? You be, you be easy. All right. That's how you talk to your senior executives oh, in this there company? There you go. Okay. Well, congratulations, and and, right. and and you're walking around with an Emmy. You got an Emmy with you? Hey, no, that actually, I, I bought this because it just came in the mail yesterday. Because I got it for um, uh, I was an executive producer on While I Breathe I Hope, which was the Bakari Sellers documentary. Correct. So I just bought this in as a prop. 
The show is ain't a profit. You I mean, it's mine, it. but I mean, you know. You should walk around with it all the time? No, I bought it in today because when I, when I shot it out, I want to be able to say, see, and, you know, stand me. Well, congratulations. Welcome yeah. for another five years. What we a Tuesday. See, we get to see your ass for another five years. First of all, don't talk to a senior executive <laughs> at iHeart like that, sir. Do you not do you not read the rule book? Do you not do you not take your codes of conduct on how to talk to senior executives? The party don't start till we walk in. <laughs> I'm gonna have to talk to Marion about this on HR lady. This is the, the way the, the way senior executives are spoke to in this company is disgusting. Okay. All right. Well, let's get the show cracking. The Zuri Hall will be joining us this yes, morning. Yes, Zuri Hall is a longtime friend of mine. She's got a podcast on the Black Effect iHeartRadio podcast network called Hot Happy Mess. And uh, we're gonna talk to Zuri about her journey. Are you really gonna wear that mask the whole morning? I don't know where Angelie has been, bro. All I know is this studio is a pig pen and disgusting. It's always been like this. I don't know where you've been. It's always been like this. Do y'all know there's a pandemic going on? Y'all can't clean up? Ugh. Don't talk to us about pandemic and <laughs> COVID poom poom. All right, somebody post, post a picture, uh, Nick, of Angela Yee with the COVID poom poom shirt on, please. My goodness. All right, we'll get the show cracking. It's, uh, let's go. Front page news is next. Hey, morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Now, I don't know how they won last night, but the Washington football team beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 23-17. It was a lot of upsets. It was clearly, um, you know, God shining on the NFC East this week because the Giants pulled a, a, a win out of their ass, and then the Redskins pulled a win out of their ass. Hopefully, the Cowboys can do it tonight. I doubt it. Don't we play tonight? Yes, you do. Yeah, we play tonight. Now, the Bills uh, beat the uh, 49ers last night, 34-24. What else we got, Yee? <clears throat> um, well, NBA players are banned from going to bars, clubs, and all of that in the new COVID-19 guidelines. So they also have to leave hotels for dining only if they eat outside at restaurants in private rooms or NBA-approved restaurants. And they also might conduct unannounced in-person inspections of team facilities to keep track of whether teams are compliant with the safety protocols of COVID-19. So no going to bars, no lounges, no clubs, no live entertainment or game venues, public gyms, spas, public pools, or larger indoor events of more than 15 individuals when at home. Makes sense. Right. Check the players. All right. Now, uh, the first people in the U.K., have been the first Western nation to begin vaccinating its citizens. They did a COVID-19 shot outside of clinical trials, which is a landmark moment. The first Britain to get the Pfizer vaccine is 90-year-old Margaret Keenan. She got the first of two doses, and this happened at University Hospital in Coventry at 6.31 a.m. today. So... Then you have to wait uh, three weeks to get the second one because the vaccine requires two doses. So what happens in those three weeks? Um, they did say that there can be some side effects. If you guys remember when we discussed this previously, it kind of will be feels like COVID a little bit. And then you just and they said some people have to understand you have to know about the side effects because they don't want you to not come back to get that second shot. So they did have to warn people that you might feel a little bit sick, maybe. Yeah, they said you got to get a second shot. They said the first person got it overseas in, in Britain. She got her shot yesterday. So. She just said that, fool. Well, I wasn't listening. I wasn't paying attention. Just my bad. Well, I'm glad you're you? honest. Well, I wasn't paying attention. I'm glad you're honest. Drop one of the police bombs for DJ Thanks, Envy. Envy. being honest. I wasn't paying attention. Front page news featuring DJ Envy. The guy's wearing a mask over his ears. But he's honest about it. I wasn't paying attention. I ain't gonna lie. But thank you. I work hard. Um, MSNBC is getting a new president, and she will be the first black person to run a major cable news network. Rashida Jones. What school like did that. she go to? She went to Hampton. Sure did. Hampton University. 
Yes, so she's the first president of the network. That's going to start on February 1st. The Wall Street Journal first reported this news. So congratulations to her. Probably include Bob for Rashida Jones. Mm-hmm. He's replacing Phil, Phil Griffin. Yep. Mm-hmm. Phil's a good guy, but, you know, I'm glad to see Rashida in that position. Yeah, now I was I was actually reading while she was talking. They said that they might be shutting New York City down indoor dining, and I was seeing if they were doing the same for Jersey, which will affect a lot of businesses. So Governor Murphy said that he's not thinking about shutting it down right now unless he's uh, unless they see that the cases actually rise from the indoor dining. Yeah, but they was, said New York it could be in the next five days that could be happening. Yeah, that's what I was reading. I mean, mm-hmm. it was, outdoor dining isn't really outdoor dining because all they do is build stuff. Put a tent around it anyway. That looks like, yeah, they build stuff outside just for you to sit in. and It's weird. I don't, I'm like, why? It's the same thing. It's still an enclosed space. Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna. If, if they decide to close New York City down and those businesses, like they did LA or like they did Newark, a lot of those businesses won't be able to come back because they still have to pay rent. They're still trying to pay their staff. It just, I, I just pray for those those small businesses. The bigger businesses, they'll get big loans, they'll get big grants, they'll get money from the government. But a lot of those small businesses will never be able to survive. A lot of your favorite restaurants, a lot of your favorite stores. It's a, it's a tough one. That's and that's why reading, the actually. government is trash because you know they could put out stimulus checks or give small business loans to keep these people afloat, but they're not. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I, is, think I saw something yesterday where it was like billions, almost trillions of dollars, and only like 6% went to actual small businesses or something mm-hmm. like that in this bailout. Like right. a, or maybe less than that. I, mean, I don't even know if it's 6%. Which ain't fair. All right. Well, that is your front page news. Get it off your chest. 800 585 1051. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. You already know what it is, your man Chico Bean. I want to say congratulations too. I just need y'all to do a side by side of Charlemagne on the first day and that tenth year. Dark skin Charlemagne. The Breakfast Club. Wake up! Wake up! Wake your ass. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on the Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Yo, this Calvin from Trenton, New Jersey. What's up? Envy Charlemagne. This is Angela Lee. How y'all doing? Good, Congratulations, how are you? Charlemagne. Thank you, King. Calvin, what's up? Get it off yeah. your chest, brother. Yeah, real quick. First of all, let me give y'all all the props, man. Hands down. Y'all doing y'all thing. I salute everything y'all doing. Keep up the good work, man. Keep it keep it moving. Real quick, Envy. I'm be me and my wife been looking for a house. Um, not trying to be ignorant, but we don't have much. We only have like 15000 saved up right now. But I don't know the right channels, the right grants I can get, so I won't get railroad, or I won't get I don't, for lack of a better word, bamboozled. So, best thing I could have done since I've been listening was trying to get you to help me see what I can do to get this thing moving. Have you found a property yet, and how's your credit? We actually, my wife's credit is like high, like 770, 760. Mine's is like only, well, my FICO score is 701, 706, and 698. All right, I'm going to put you with my guy, Matt, because as long as your credit score is, is that high, you can get an FHA loan, which allows you to put between 3 and 3.5% down. So depending on the price of the house, for instance, if it's a $300,000 house, I don't know how much money you have, you might have to put ten to 15000 and there's a, a bunch of grants out there that'll, that'll help you out a lot of times and even help you with the closing costs. I don't know well, them personally, have, but I'll... We I, have, 
we have 15,000, but we could, I could come up with an additional five if I needed to. Oh, okay. Well, you, you got enough. It just depends on what, what size and how much you want to spend on the property. So let's say in, in a property yeah. between 250 and 300, you're going to be looking to put down about 15 grand. A little, maybe, maybe a little more. Oh, we got that. We okay. got that. Well, now you just got to find the property. You want to stay in Trenton? You want to move up here closer to the city? Wait, 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 actually, we living in, I want to, uh, actually, a little bit in my area, Metro Mercer County area. I don't mind Lawrence Township, Princeton, Pemberton, stuff like that. I don't want to go too far up north because I drive trucks. I got you. And I want to make sure I'm close to... I don't want to do that regional work to not be a father to my children. I got you. Well, uh, hold on. Stay on the line. I'll put you with my guy, Matt, and, and hopefully he can help you out. Matt has been... He's been doing a, a, a lot for a lot of people these last couple of weeks, so I, I don't know how, how what his schedule looks like, but I'll I see if I can get you in there, brother. Good looking. All right. Hold on, okay? Heard you. Hello. Who's this? What's up, man? There's no name right here. No name. Is that your way of saying you're anonymous? Or you're a rapper? Yeah. <laughs> That's the name. There's yeah. already a rapper That's named name. No Name. She's a young lady, too. Okay. Oh, stop it. That's the fact. That's it, a fact. Man. You a rapper? Yeah, yeah, yeah spit. I hear you, man. Spit, brother. All right. Aye. What you mean, dog? You ain't never could, Ross. What you mean, dog? You ain't never hit the block. What you mean, dog? You ain't never had a Glock. You what ain't you never mean, seen dog? a nigga get shot. What the f look? That's, not, know, that's not a bad hook. For real, I used to look right. around school right. for Stop lying. You're a liar. You're a liar. You've always been a liar. You've never shot a gun in your life. All right? So much never cursing, sold any though. dope. Stop it. Yeah. Which is yeah. all good things, by the way. You can Yo, tell a New Yorker DJ from Envy, man. man. Yo, shout out to DJ Envy, man. Yo, DJ Envy actually played the song I requested yesterday, man. Yo, what song was that? Yo, thanks to that for that. What happened? Oh, what? Jiggle What? Yeah, Jiggle What, Jiggle Who, man. That was like the first joint at the top of the People's Choice list. I was like, oh, snap. I was like, mad surprise. That's dope. I bet. I'm glad he finally played a request for somebody after 10 years I know, right? of doing I'm something called the People's Choice Mix. I played it for you, now Thank you still you. issue me. I'm glad you... I played it for you, bro. Thank you, man. I appreciate it, man. I, I really want to tell you I really did appreciate that, man. And uh, shout out to Angel E. I'm glad you're back in the studio because, you know, we tired of, like, uh, you know, you going in and out or whatever. Come to work. <laughs> <laughs> well, get ready for no out. <laughs> Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? This is Janae. Hey, Janae, where you calling from? In Brockton. Hey, get it off your chest. Brockton, Massachusetts, I should say. Mm -hmm. Good morning, Janae. Excuse me, I'm sorry. I said good morning. Oh, good morning, everybody in there. Um, so last week you guys had, I want to say her name is Lynn Whitfield. Dr. Lynn Whitfield, is that her name? No, Dr. Lynn, Lynn um, what's Lynn Yeah, Lynn Whitfield's name? an actor. Dr. Lynn Richardson. Lynn Richardson. line between love and hate. Oh, she was encouraging people to, like, invest in their 401ks, I believe. That's what I heard. Mm -hmm. I'm a financial therapist myself. Um, a lot of people don't know that 401ks are like a secret um, partnership with the government. And the government's never our friend. So um, we've been helping people roll their money over from 401ks because when COVID hit, a lot of people took massive hits into their plans. And a lot of people don't know what they're investing into when they do it. But I don't know if she knows that because we've been educating people who've been in business for like 30 plus years, um, lost a few businesses due to COVID, but now we're like saving them. So that they can cover all their 
they're ex- I call it CYAA, cover your ass and your assets. Mm-hmm. Cover your, um, what did you say? Cover your assets and eat your assets. That sounds wild. Now, cover I want to... ass and your assets. I have a, oh. I have a financial oh. question about that then. Because I know a lot of times oh, people are, encourage you to invest in the 401k because your company, if your company doesn't match... And then the second question I have, is it a good idea to take that money out when it's down? So there's four tanks of life, and that's what we go around and teach people because there's a fourth tank. There's a lifetime income take where you can um, make a lot of money in our lifetime just by graduating from college and whatever the case may be. So, yeah, the match is good. We always tell people do the match. Don't go above your match because you're pretty much giving free money to the government. Mm-hmm. And the tax frame right now is like, what, 30%, 37%, I believe. So if they want to take 50%, they can, and there's nothing you can do. So people, depending on how much is in your 401k, you can roll it over and take no hit. That's called a 1035 exchange. So you can move that over there, and then you don't get penalized. Thank well, you. Damn, Emmy. Damn, if you just hung up on her, why not? Yeah, I, I put on hold. I think you hung up on her because um, <laughs> wow. you don't want her competing with Lynn Richardson. <laughs> uh, I think Elaine Richardson was kind of wrong in some of the things she said. But... Oh, okay. Hello, who's this? Hi, this is Isaiah from Maryland. Hi, Hi Isaiah, Isaiah from Maryland. Maryland. How are you, sir? <laughs> I'm good. How are you guys? Nice. Uh, Bless Black and Holly favored. What's happening? What's going on? Um, first of all, I wanted to congratulate you all uh, for 10 years, uh, especially like you three and also like all of your crew. This is a great job, and thank you for doing everything that you do. Uh, also, I wanted to ask Envy about uh, real estate. Like, how did you get into it? And like, what made you uh, want to do that? Um, I wanted to get out of my mama's house. Uh, my dad's a police officer. He's a retired police officer, and his rules were very strict, and I wanted to get out. Um, so I saved my money, and I bought a house that was like an hour and 40 minutes from my job, but at least I had a home. And uh, after falling asleep a couple of times driving home, I decided to sell a house after like four or five months. And when I sold the house, I made like a hundred grand in those four or five months. And then I just started buying houses and and flipping them. Uh, and I, I'm sorry. What about you? Um, how did I get into real estate? I mean, I, I first bought my first house like six and a half years ago, a two-family house, so that I would have some income coming in to help pay the mortgage. Then I bought three different properties in Detroit, and then I bought a couple more properties in Brooklyn as investments. Yeah, how old are you? Um, I'm 21. Yeah, well, now's the time. I bought my first home at 22 years old. I bought my first property at 22. Thank you. Uh, and now's the um, time because money, money is cheap. I wanted to thank So oh, now is the time. Money is cheap. That means the interest rates are very low. It's the lowest we've ever seen. It's like 2.7. You can even get 2.6, between 2.6 and 2.8. So that means money is low. That means you they're not charging that much interest. Oh, um, also, I wanted to thank Charlamagne for uh, sending me his book last week. And I wanted to ask uh, MP, why you got to air out people all the time? Why do I air out people? Because he's a snitch. <laughs> That's what snitches do. All right, well, thank you guys for accepting my call. I love you all. Yes, sir. I right, love the, you too, brother. The real reason is Charlemagne told 6ix9ine he would do something to him. So I'm hoping that Charlemagne one day say he'll do that to me. That's why I'm going to keep snitching yes, no, until you. No, what I told <laughs> what, what I did with 6ix9ine was called hyperbole, sir. Thank you. Okay? Hmm? Can't hear you. You got something in your mouth? Hmm. It's called a mask. <laughs> Get it off your chest. Anybody check your temperature? 800-585-1051 <laughs> if you need to vent. Now, you, we got rooms on the way? Yes, and let's talk about James Harden. Apparently, he missed practice, and they're saying he was at the strip club. And maybe some good will come out of this, though, because now they are offering services to him from an adult webcam service. 
I thought he didn't want to play with Houston. I thought he was getting trying to get traded. If you skip practice to go to the script club, you're trying your hardest to catch COVID. My goodness. All right. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. Rumors on the way, so don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. What's up, everybody? This is Maury Povich, and happy 10-year anniversary to The Breakfast Club. I mean, 10 years. Urban radio. It's a tough gig. And to survive that long, Miracle. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Wendy Williams. It's about time. What's going on? Yo, yo. Rumor report. Rumor report. This is the Rumor Report. Talk to him. With Angela Yee on the Breakfast Club. Well, Wendy Williams confirmed yesterday during the Wendy Williams show that her mother, Shirley Williams, did pass away beautifully and peacefully. Mm-hmm. Here's what she said. Attention to all of my bosses. I am wearing very long shorts underneath. It's just that in the name of my mother, because my mother, she's like, Wendy, you got them. They're long. You show them. She also talked me into picking out this outfit today. She's also died. My mom passed away many, many many weeks ago. She passed away beautiful and peacefully. Mm. Rest in peace to Miss Charlotte. Absolutely. Her mom, her mom has been on the show several times, so mm-hmm. we, we've seen her mom. That's, that's Condolences to the whole Williams family. Absolutely. All right, a nightclub in Ohio was cited for violating COVID-19 health orders. They said there were about 500 people there attending an indoor Trey Songs concert, so... Now they have been cited. They said the venue had no physical barriers in place to encourage social distancing. Most employees and patrons were not wearing masks, according to a statement. It was a Trey Song show for real? Mm-hmm. I saw him trending this morning. That's what he was trending for? I guess so. Mm. And in addition to this, let's talk about James Harden. Now, he missed practice on Sunday, and they said that was because of COVID-19 protocols. Uh, they did expect him to be doing an individual workout in the evening, but there was a video that emerged over the weekend that shows James Harden allegedly at a strip club. If he gets COVID, he earned it. Right. He also was spotted at Little Baby's birthday party where he gave him oh, $100,000 yeah. cash. <laughs> he gave him a watch. And the head coach uh, had this to say about him not being at practice. He did not attend. They said he is expected to participate in an individual workout later tonight. They said that the NBA coronavirus protocol prevented him from joining the team's first group practice. And the coach said, I want him here, and I want him to be a big part of what we're doing. Yeah, I love script clothes, but I don't think that that's essential. Um, that's, a, that's an essential gathering spot during a time like this. I think he wants to be traded. I don't Especially, think he cares anymore. But even you're not, you're not showing that you know, you, you're know you responsible if you leave practice to go to a damn script club. I don't think he In cares. the middle of a pandemic. I just don't think he wants to be there. Jesus. That's what it seems like. Now, there's a premium platform for adult models called Is My Girl. And over the weekend... They are saying that they want to help out with James Harden so he can stay out of the strip club, but perhaps be on this website and partner with them to help keep players away from strip clubs and Instagram models. So they're saying that use the website instead of going to the strip club. Yeah, his beard looks like he's wearing his mask around his chin anyway. Drop on the clues bonds for James Harden. Okay. All right. Get well, it together, my guy. I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right. We got front page news next. What are we talking about? Uh, we are going to address a story that we had discussed, and I saw attorney Ben Crump post this at first, and this was about Casey Goodson Jr. in Columbus, Ohio. He was shot and killed entering his own home by police officer Meade, and his mother 
Tamala Payne and his attorney, her attorney, Sean Walton, will be joining us to discuss the case and give us the details that we may not know and put everything together. And we want to make sure we amplify her story and help her get justice for her son, who was only 23 years old. All right. Front page news is next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get some front page news. Now in sports, surprisingly, the Washington football team beat the Steelers 23-17, and the Buffalo Bills beat the 49ers 34-24. What else we got, E? But the newly elected Los Angeles County District Attorney, George Gascon, has announced some criminal justice reform plans as he was sworn into office. So now his agenda is ending cash bail for certain minor offenses, the death penalty, no more death penalty, and the practice of charging juveniles as adults. So... That seems like some uh, big, great changes. He said these are changes that will enable us to actually affect the truly vulnerable. I also think DJ Envy is so disrespectful because he said nothing about my Dallas Cowboys playing the Baltimore Ravens uh, today. Okay? Nobody cares about that. At 8.05 p.m. Tonight. Nobody cares you're about so, that, you're cowgirls. So, you're so disrespectful. Nobody cares about it, them. First of all, watch how you talk to a senior executive at iHeart. Okay? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> all right? Oh, my goodness. Right. Nobody cares about them damn cowgirls. Don't you raise your voice at a senior executive at iHeart. <laughs> okay? I hate this guy. All right. All right, now, and this is such a huge story today. The United Kingdom has become the first Western nation to start vaccinating its citizens with a COVID-19 shot that is not a clinical trial. So 90-year-old Margaret Keenan is the first person who got the first of two doses, and that happened this morning. Are y'all planning to take this vaccine? Um, no, not first. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll, I'll wait a while. I'll let y'all. Yes. I'll let y'all go first. Work the bugs out. I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm gonna take it. But I mean, I, I got time because they're gonna do the the healthcare workers first. They're gonna do the elderly first, and then they'll do essential workers, and then me. But by that time, yes, I'll take it. Even though I was talking to uh, one of my OGs, um, and one of my OGs said to me, "Hell, you eat Fruit Loops. You don't know what the hell's in Fruit Loops, but you eat that every morning." Okay. Kind of had a point. <laughs> Salute to Chris Rock. All right. Now, uh, President-elect Joe Biden has selected Army General Lloyd Austin, retired Army General Lloyd Austin, the former commander of U.S. Central Command, to be his secretary of defense. Now, if this gets confirmed by the Senate, he would be the first black man Ooh. to lead the Department of Defense. Boy, I know the MAGA crowd don't like that one. <laughs> A black man leading the military? Lord have mercy. That is going to make MAGA people's heads explode. Yeah. My God. Now, listen, the U.S. has reported its highest number of COVID-19 deaths in a week since April. So the United States is nearing 15 million reported COVID-19 infections. It's adding case numbers at its fastest rate ever. And they're trying to ramp up vaccine protocols as well. So, uh, and you know, a lot of people are saying this is due to the holidays, people gathering together for the mm -hmm. holidays. You know, we have more holidays coming up. So just warning everybody, you got to be careful. Now, what's, this, what's the guy's name again that's in head of, head of the military? What's his name? Uh, his name is, I think, Lloyd Austin. Lloyd Austin. Now, do we give MAGA people permission to call him the HNIC in regards to the military? No, no. they still can't, can't use the N-word. He still, they can't, can't still use the N-word. Okay. But he is the head in charge. Can he say Negro? <laughs> no. It's a Negro, in, it's a Negro in charge of the military. <laughs> Why does America come to <laughs> All right, now Donald Trump is expected to sign an executive order today that's aimed at prioritizing the shipment of the coronavirus vaccine to Americans before other nations, according to these uh, senior administration officials. Huh? Yes. But He's still the, UK, the president. But didn't the U.K. just do it? I mean, yeah, but I guess he wants us to be prioritized. I don't know how that works. <laughs>
Mm. I don't know how that works. But yes, you know, gotta okay. still have your name out there. He mm-hmm. still has a job to do, right? Oh, yes, he does till January. That's why, you know, everybody look alive. We're not out of the woods yet. All right. Well, that is your front page news. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Uh, now, when we come back, we were we reported the story yesterday in front page news about uh, Casey. I believe his name is Payne. Casey Payne. No, Casey Goodson. Casey Goodson. He was killed by police. And when we come back, we're going to have his mom, Tamala Payne, and her attorney, Sean Walton, talk about the case, what's happening, and give it some light. So, and very, hit. very important to uh, tell our listeners: um, brace yourself for trauma. Correct. You know what I'm saying? Brace yourself for trauma. But it's an important story, and I tell everybody, if you're not, if you have people around you that aren't listening right now, tell everybody to turn on their radio and hear this, because this is so important, and we really need you to hear this story of what's happening, and we need you guys to be active. Just brace just brace yourself for the trauma. That's all I'm going to tell you. All right. Tamela Payne and attorney Sean Walton, when we come back, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Everybody, it's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We have some special guests joining us this morning. Some guests I wish we weren't interviewing under these circumstances. Absolutely. Uh, about a situation which we'll let them explain. We have Tamala Payne and attorney Sean Walton on the line. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having us. Good morning. Good morning. We we reported a story yesterday, and we also uh, seen, I, I believe, a family member called in yesterday morning, and uh, when we tried to click to the call, uh, I believe the phone got disconnected or they hung up. So tell us what's going on and what happened. You know, again, uh, thanks for having us. I mean, we understand this platform and this opportunity to tell, you know, Casey's story. And, uh, you know, we don't take that for granted. Obviously, uh, in, the, in the news, the police has, has put out a narrative that uh, Casey drove by waving a gun. And, you know, it doesn't make sense, right? You know, um, as a black man in America in, in 2020, that just doesn't happen. Uh, and so that was already a cause for concern. Uh, but what they didn't tell us was that uh, Casey was actually executed uh, walking inside of his home. And so that that that's something that uh, obviously, you know, would have made this immediately uh, a, a national news story. Uh, what happened was that Casey woke up that morning. He had a dentist appointment. He went to the dentist, uh, normal Friday. And, uh, you know, from that point, he uh, headed home, stopped at Subway, uh, grabbed three sandwiches, one for himself and a couple for his family. And at that point, uh, he parked in front of his house, walked across his yard, uh, you know, started to go into his side door. And at, at some point, as that, that side door was open, uh, there was uh, uh, an altercation with the deputy. Um, and, and by altercation, I mean the family heard uh, three gunshots and saw Casey uh, fall into his kitchen. And at that point, um, his toddler uh, brother's five-year-old brother, uh, you know, started screaming. Um, his three-year-old cousin started screaming. And a 72-year-old grandmother came into the kitchen and saw her baby on the on the kitchen floor uh, in a pool of blood with subway line next to him. And so that's the story uh, that a man was executed walking into his own home. You know, it was not that a man was waving a gun. And it's important to note that uh, since that initial story, that that police account has changed. You know, it's now that he 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 uh, was was witnessed with a gun. Right. And so we have a case where a, a black man with a concealed carry permit and a state that allows you to openly carry a weapon was witnessed with a gun and was executed walking into his own home. And that's all that we have at this point because uh, that deputy, Jason Mead, has not made any statement about uh, exactly what happened and what he did. So did he, have a, did he have a gun? Did they find a gun or there was no weapon? They said that they found a weapon, and it wouldn't be a surprise to the family because Casey was very passionate about guns, and he took the step of, of you know getting his concealed carry permit. Um, but he also, at the same time, he also 
I was very adamant with this family about, you know, gun safety and never having a gun illegally. So uh, they say that they recovered a gun, but um, all the family saw was the, the subway there and uh, Casey on the floor, um, you know, dying. Did they also say that, that he was not the person that they were looking for? I remember reading that somewhere. Exactly. You know, and so that, that deputy was there for uh, some fugitive task force. But Casey never had any encounters with the law. Uh, Casey was not a suspect in any way. And they did clarify that from the beginning. So it's not a situation where there was a mistaken identity. Uh, this was flat out an execution of an innocent man walking into his home after a dentist appointment. And he was shot in the back. Yeah, that, that, that's our belief. Um, unfortunately, we have not had any access to the body. Uh, Casey's family has not been able to see Casey since this incident. Mm. Uh, but, you know, what we do know is that uh, Casey's keys were still in the door. Mm. Uh, Casey, uh, he had a, a, a Mickey Mouse uh, emblem on those keys. And th those keys were hanging in the door even after, after the shooting. And so, um, you know, he, he, he's walking in. There are three bullet holes in this metal screen door. Mm. And, uh, you know, what we know is that this was an execution. And this should not have happened in any Sean, way, shape, or form. Hold on, Sean. So sorry, Tamala, we, we got to send you positive energy, Absolutely. love, and healing so energy sorry. right now because I see you going through it. And I wouldn't wish this on anybody. Right. And I know this is very brave and strong for you to even be able to come on our platform. But we do want to make sure that there is some sort of accountability or justice and, and anything that we heard. can do to bring light and attention to what happened uh, unjustly to your son. We want to make sure that we do that and make people aware of what happened. And by Absolutely. the way, you look like you could be his sister. You look super <laughs> he young. He was my twin. He yeah. was my twin. Wow. And I, I saw, <laughs> uh, yeah, I saw originally the cops were trying to say that he was in his car, you know. Yeah, and, and that, that part really frustrated me, and I think that's important. I mean, I'm not saying that uh, there, you know, that the fix is in, but the cover-up is definitely in motion because from the very beginning, the statement that was put out was that he was shot after exiting his vehicle, and that's just not the case. He died on his kitchen floor, and it was it was yards away. I mean, he parked on the street. It wasn't a driveway. He had to walk across his yard. He had to walk across the neighbor's yard, mm -hmm. and then across his yard, and into the back gate, and was in the door, and was able to open the door, I and mean, fell in the house, Shot the death in front of my mother, my five-year-old son. Mm. My five-year-old son is the one who called me screaming. Mommy, the police just shot Casey. He's dead. Please, I'm so scared. Hurry up. Come get me, mommy. Get here. Mm. Get here, mommy. I just dropped him off over there because I was on my way to my second job. Whole family traumatized. Now, how how was how how was how was your uh your the grandmother at the moment? That night she passed out and hit her head and fell down my steps. And mm. she just got out of the hospital. She broke her collarbone. I mean, we are we are shattered. We are. I mean, mom, I gave birth to Casey when I was 16 years old. He was the only baby in the family. So he became everybody's baby. At my, it took a village. I was a baby when I had him. And so my parents, my sister, everybody was a big part of his upbringing. He didn't have a... Uh, a father so my dad was his father and uh my dad passed almost three years ago so uh he was our baby he mm -hmm. was our baby so we are i mean you see this and i see mothers and my heart breaks but you never ever imagine for the i don't i'm a single mother of 10 children i raised my kids by myself we don't count on the government for assistance. I work my butt off. They are very, very well taken care of. Casey was my rock. 
he was the big brother, so he helped with everything. Like, mm-hmm. I just gave birth to twins, like, December 28th of last year. They were two months early. In case he had just got home, he had a CDL license. And he, a, he had a contract with Walmart. He was driving cross country in California for six months. And he came home for Christmas, and then I had went to early labor. I had the twins two weeks early, two months early. So yeah, he was there. And when I went, when they took me into the operating room, he was right by my side. Mm. Take your time. It's all right. Take your time. Casey had to leave and go back out on the trucks. But he couldn't leave me at home by myself with them twins in the NICU. And he came home and he stayed home. So he could help. He sounds amazing. My son was more than amazing. Mm-hmm. He did not deserve this. He, I didn't raise them to be in the streets. They was not raised like that. They are not in the streets. They've never been in trouble in his life. Everything he did was legal. His guns was legal. Every last one. He loved guns. He did. And it's so sad he died by one. But everyone was legal. He got his license first. He was big. He got pictures all over his page of his, his classes. He was so proud of himself. He was big on the license. Mm. He bought every one of his guns from the gun store. If he had his gun on him, it was on his hip, and I guarantee that. All right, well, we have more with Tamela Payne and her attorney, Sean Walton. When we come back, she's telling what happened with her son, her son, Casey, that was killed by police. So don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, we're still talking to Tamela Payne and attorney Sean Walton. Her son was killed by police, and uh, she's telling her story. Charlamagne? So where's the NRA at a time like this? This is when the NRA is supposed to step up, right, Sean? Exactly. You know, and I think what this uh, what this story, you know, um, says for this country is, is, you know, what does it say that a, a black man can do everything right? You know, he can go and get his concealed carry permit. He can live in a state where it's legal to do that. You know, it's a constitutional right to bear arms. And so for Casey, Casey was proud of that. Casey uh, was a gun rights advocate, um, but he did things the right way. And, you know, I can I can say that myself as a black man, you know, as a, as a father and a husband, I have to, to question whether if I get a CCW, if I will be shot and killed uh, because of, of, of some officer that sees me with a gun and sees a threat. And so I think this is something that we, we all have to rally around, you know, across the country because, uh, you know, like you said, the NRA, I mean, it, it's, it's, it, it crosses racial lines, um, you know, to the extent that uh, we all should have a right to, to protect ourselves in this right. country. And I think it's important that, you know, the media gets this right because I've been asked questions like, uh, why did Casey feel the need to have uh, a uh, gun permit at such a young age? Oh, shut up. Casey, and I, I, I promise. And, and so Casey was 23 years old. I mean, that's like asking uh, why, uh, it, you know, somebody driving a car has a driver's license because I can legally do that at that age. It's my legally right. Um, it's my legal right. It, it, exactly. And so, um, you know, it's not about uh, what Casey did at this point because Casey did nothing. Right. Casey went to the dentist to, to, to uh, get his, his uh, teeth cleaned. Casey went and got subway for himself and for you know for, for his family. Uh, Casey did everything right, and so he still at that point after doing everything right, after after being hardworking and and being you know just passionate about his family and about this world, he was gunned down in his own home, and so we need justice for for Casey. The only threat my son was was being a black man. That's it, America. That's the only threat my son was. My son was did not. My son would not hurt a fly. My son, if I killed a bug, he'd be like, "Mom, quit!" Like he loves snakes. 
He loved animals. He just loved life. He was a nature. If you watch the, uh, if y'all on my page, y'all see some of the videos posted. He got his siblings and they're out taking nature walks. And... Sean, is it true that the state turned down taking over the investigation? That's true. And, I, and that, that's important to note because uh, what happened was that the Franklin County Sheriff's Office uh, initially, you know, was was involved with this this shooting. It was a sheriff's deputy, and they turned that that investigation over to the Columbus Police. But in 2020, the Columbus Police have turned over their own investigations to the state police because of so many issues with those investigations. And so, uh, three days passed before uh, Columbus asked uh, the state police to come in, and they said at that point, we don't know what happened to the scene. You know, we don't know where these witnesses have gone. We can't, uh, you know, come into this. We also don't know why you're asking us to come in. And so uh, there are so many questions raised at this point, and uh, the, the the investigation at this point is tainted. And so they're going to have to take serious steps in order to ensure justice for for Casey. And uh, you know, it's important to note that the U.S. Marshal uh, that uh, was leading this task force uh, on Friday, the day of the shooting, he said that he believes that it's justified. But all he said was that Casey was shot after exiting his vehicle and that uh, things went badly. And that's a slap in the face. That's a slap in the face to, to Casey's family and to this country that you can take the life of a black man in his own home, mm. lie about that, and tell us that it happened after he exited his vehicle. And that and, and that statement is enough to, to, to have us remain patient and to allow this uh, quote-unquote investigation to play out. We can't remain patient. Uh, because at this point, every day that passes is, is, is a day that justice is denied for Casey and for uh, black people in this country. And so, you know, Charlamagne, you asked how how can the family be supported? Uh, Jason Meads at this point has not made a statement about uh, what took place that day. Uh, there are no eyewitnesses that we know of, but Jason Mead was there. And as, as an officer that is sworn to uh, protect and serve, I, I see no reason why he can't come out about what uh, caused him to take the life of Casey uh, on Friday, December 4th. And there's no body camera footage. I know they said that they're not required to wear body cameras. Does Meade have a history of doing things like this? What is his history like as a police officer? So we're still waiting on his full personnel file, but we do know that uh, he was involved in a, in a shooting back in 2018. I uh, don't know the facts of that shooting, uh, but it's not his first shooting. And he was a, a, a SWAT officer is my understanding. And, uh, you know, they, they take a, a violent approach. They deal with um, violent fugitives. But uh, what you cannot do is you cannot view a black man with a gun uh, as, as violent or suspect or a fugitive simply because he has a gun. If that's all right in this country, uh, you know, we, we cannot be executed for simply exercising that right. Is the officer black or white? White. All right. What's the call to action, Samuel and Sean? I, I, want just, I want murder charges. If it was my son, he'd be in jail right now in murder charges. If it was me, I would be sitting in jail with murder charges. My son was executed coming into his home. He laid on the kitchen floor dying in front of his five-year-old brother, my 72-year-old mother, and a whole slew of family members. We want justice. If it was any one of us, we would be in jail today trying to pay a bond if we had one. That man needs to be charged. He needs to be prosecuted. He needs to be fired. His bad needs to be taken. And we need some type of police reform. And this got to stop. Right. This got to stop. 
question. All right. Well, thank you yeah, guys thank so you much. And Tamla, you have my info. My line is open to you. Yeah, I want to connect you. Anything that I could do for you, always just hit me up. Let me know. We will always keep people updated on what's happening, whatever we can do to help and amplify this story. Just know we are all in. Yeah, yeah. We need to connect Tamla with the uh, the mothers of the movement. You know what I'm saying? Because she needs she need that kind of support group around her right now. She need that kind of village loving up on her right now. So you need to connect her with Sabrina Fulton and the other mothers of the movement. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Tamla Payne and Sean Walton. You, Appreciate you. And like you said, we're here for you anytime you need us. This platform is here for you. So if you need it, you, you give us a call. And thank you so much for checking in this morning. Thank you. Thank y'all. Sending you healing energy, Tamla. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Love. All righty. All right. Well, thank you, Tamala Payne and attorney Sean Walton for joining us. When we come back, we got rumors, so don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Yep, it's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. Charlemagne the God, Angela Yee, DJ Envy went to go do something real fast. Uh, we're celebrating 10 years, he Angela Yee. He went to move his car. He went to move his car. We're celebrating 10 years, Angela Yee. Mm-hmm, 10. You've been on this radio for 10 years. Drop on the clues, bonds to the damn Breakfast Club. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, and Charlotte McGay to God. Okay. You know, the holidays is a great time to, around the holidays, it's a great time to start a new job. When mm -hmm. I worked at Sirius, I started right before Thanksgiving because you start working, but then you get vacation. That's what we did. Yeah. I think our first official day was December. It was December 6th, but I think we did two mock shows prior to that, like right before Thanksgiving. I'm not sure. But we're um, flashing back all week long to, you know, various Breakfast Club moments. This is one of my favorite moments. This is um the first time we interviewed Cardi B. This is Cardi B before, you know, the music. This is Cardi B before TV. Everything. This one, Cardi B, was just on social media, and she did have a song called Cheap Ass Weave. I think, it, as a matter of fact, I think she had just dropped Gangsta Bitch Volume 1, if I'm not mistaken. Cause we were Wait, she wasn't on Love and Hip Hop yet? Mm-mm. Not, she had, she, I think she just was starting. Because wasn't her and self up here to... Yeah, that was for Love and Hip Hop. That was before it aired. So that was before okay, Love and Hip Hop, Okay, I was like, right? I know she was on Love and yeah, Hip Hop. Yeah, yeah. What year was this? 2014? 2013, 2014? I don't know. All I know is we were the first people to play Cardi B's music on the radio, and it was a song called Cheap Ass. We played a clip. You gonna get a prenup? Because you're going to have a lot of money in a couple years, Cardi. Yeah. If you play your card right, you can really pimp this whole situation the right way. I can, I can. I do my thing the smart way and whatever. Now, what about your career as an artist as well? Yeah. I love Cheap Ass Weave. We about to play Cheap Ass Weave. Yeah. <laughs> Introduce Cheap Ass Weave right fast. Hey, yo, there's Cardi B, and there's my track. It's called Cheap Ass Weave. <laughs> and they're going to tell them they're going to love it forever. Y'all going to love it forever. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't playing none of the goddamn song. Oh, I thought you were going to let some of cheap-ass we fly. Okay, yes, that was from, wow, December 15th, 2015. What's today's date? Today is December 8th. Oh, okay. 2020. Yeah, so it's right around the same time. Yeah, December 15th, 2015 was when uh, Cardi was first up here. All right, we got a report coming up here? Uh, yes, we do, and we are going to talk about Janae Aiko, and she says why she does not use the N-word in her music anymore. <laughs> that answer should be easy. We'll talk about it. It's the Breakfast Club. God damn it. I got to take this mask off. I don't trust Angela Yee. She, I don't know where she's been, but I'm going to take it off for a second. Yes. No, leave it on. Actually, the mask is to protect me from you. Oh, you might be right. Yeah. But you, leave it on. Yes, it's the world's most dangerous <laughs> morning show, The Breakfast Club. Charlamagne the God, Angela Yee. Y'all know where DJ Envy is. It's time to get in the rumor report. Uh, we're going to talk about why Janae Iko loves using the N-word. <laughs> it's time, time, time. She's spilling the tea. This is the rumor report with Angela Yee. On the Breakfast Club. Well, Janae Aiko says that she is not going to use the N-word in her music anymore. And she talked about it on social media. She said, I am less black 
than someone half black, but also less white than someone half white. And Asian is the least thing I am, LOL. So at this point, it's whatever they want me to be. So what is she? What is uh, Janae Aiko? Well, she actually posted her um, DNA results. Mm -hmm. She's 25% Asian, Mm -hmm. 33% African, Mm -hmm. 34% European, and... That's what her results are. She yeah, said, I have a Japanese can't... grandfather, a Creole Dominican grandmother on my mother's side. Both of my father's parents are black and white, and that's yeah. her results. Yeah, you can't use the N-word if you got more European blood in you than you do African blood. That is just the rules. Now, she can say nig. She can say nig's going nig and leave it at that. Uh, well, anyway, she's mixed with a lot of different things. And if you see her dad, you can see her dad just looks like he's, you know, he looks black. But a lot of us are, have a lot of mixed things in us. I know I do. I am 97% West African. Drop one of Clues bombs for me, damn it. Okay? 97%. I'm blackity black. Mm. All right. Now let's talk about JT from the City Girl. She has deleted her Twitter page. She started a new one and that's because of some old tweets that everybody's been talking about. Now, uh, she she posted... <clears throat> I don't even want to read these because they're so old. I don't want to do that to her because these are from like 2011, nine years ago. And I saw some interesting things that people were saying on social media about, you know, a lot of people post things that are never will get the amount of light on it that these tweets from celebrities end up getting. So nine years ago, she probably never thought she'd be city girl JT today, but she posted, nah, all jokes aside... Stop searching them tweets because I don't feel like slapping a bitch back into the same year I was talking about them in. Amazing clapback. Drop one of Clues Bombs for that clapback. That was fantastic. I, I read that one. But, yo, you know how long ago nine years is? People finish college, finish high school and college in nine years. You know how long ago that is? Nine years to be holding somebody accountable for that? Like, come on, man. Stop. Now, she did post. Now, this was a song lyric, and I, maybe some people didn't realize how crazy this song lyric was. What's the song lyric? Uh, she said, I swear I hate Amherst. I should be a effing Nazi. What song lyric was that? That's from Days Low, Try Me. Really? That was from Try Me? Yes. That used to play I on the radio every hour on the like, Why is this in the song? <laughs> yeah. That was a lot of those uh, good little bars that, get, <laughs> that slip through the cracks. Travis Scott had one, too, on um, Sickle Mode. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to say the word he said. You said it already before. I say it all the time, but <laughs> I don't want them to edit it. You know what I mean? I like when that song plays. My goodness. All right, now let's talk about Brandy from Love and Hip Hop Hollywood. There's some video, there's some audio footage that's out, and she was arguing with her boyfriend, Max Lux, real name Marcus Boyd, and they were on Instagram Live. He and his, well, I guess they're married. Uh, they were on Instagram Live, and the screen went black, and we could not see what was happening, but we heard this. Never again will you see my beat up. stop f***ing with me. Ronnie, don't call me. I'm getting beat up. You want to disrespect me to Ronnie too, bitch? You think you're going to disrespect me to the world, Brandy? Is that what you think? You're not! You're not! Brandy. You're not! Yeah, get the scrap. What the hell? Mm-mm-mm. That was on live? Yes, they were on live while this was happening, but the screen was blacked out. Now he posted uh, M-Wears never tell me how to run my ish. We full blown with the business. You'll get scope quick. First off, F y'all, I ain't hit nobody. 
You lame MF's second, I'll pop ish in my crib whenever the F I feel like in my 17-year-old relationship. Eat a D. I can't even read all this. I mean, just because you've been with a woman that long don't mean that you uh, have the right to traumatize her. And you don't have the right that to put sounded hands awful. on her or, you know, verbally assault her. You now, I mean? Brandy also responded. She said, I am fine. He didn't touch me. I was choking him and fighting him. All he did was verbal abuse me back. I am sorry for going live. I did that to force us to take space knowing he wouldn't want to argue on live. Please pray for my family. The devil is attacking so strong. Yeah, it sounds like um, y'all need counseling. Sound like y'all need to go sit down and talk to somebody together. Nobody should ever talk to you mm -hmm. like that. I was just saying in the other room when I was listening, I was like, I could never even picture my boyfriend speaking that way to me or calling me a B or none of those things. I mean, people get caught up in their emotions, I understand, but that's no, not right. No, that's not right. And it's if not anybody right, saw, but that's it, it happens. Yeah. It, it happens. Like, they, people get into arguments and relationships, and it, it happens, and then cool. people apologize. Nobody ever says it's cool, but it does happen. It Just does happen. Sit here and say that it doesn't happen, that a lot of people haven't been in an argument with their spouse or called course. it a name that they didn't mean, and then a late apologize, it happens. It doesn't make it right, though. It, it's happened before. And by the way, if, if, he, if he actually sits down and listens back to himself, he would check himself. I would, I would, that is I would my think. trigger. I don't even let people talk to me crazy ever. That, to me, is like the biggest red flag because you don't know what's coming after that. And so if you ever try to talk to me crazy out your mouth, that's it. Especially in that way. That mm -hmm. sounded wild aggressive. Horrible, yeah. Yeah, and then she's excusing his behavior and saying all he did was verbally and in front of a child. You had a child crying? That was sad. All right, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Charlamagne, who are you giving that donkey to? You know, four after the hour, we got to go to Staten Island. I don't want to, but we have to this morning, okay? It's a guy named uh, Johnny Tobacco. I think that's it. <laughs> Johnny Tobacco? Tobacco? Is that how you pronounce it? That doesn't name? sound right. Tobacco? That, that, that doesn't sound right. Tobacco. It's not Tobasco, tobacco. Amber, you went to move your car and bought food? Yeah, I mean, come we on. We don't have no interns up here. I got to do things right. I have to move oh my, my car goodness. in the cold. I got to get my own water. First, my of all, own. first of all, before you what leave you this building, you need to ask this, a senior executive at iHeart, you know, <laughs> if you can leave during all hours, okay? <laughs> all right. I, I, got, I got an in on one, so I'm all right. What? You have an in on one, one what? In, in what? <laughs> first of all, there's no flirting <laughs> with senior executives. Executives at iHeart. You're after you, you sign your new contract. You, you feeling read, you yourself, man? You, you feel you feeling you yourself. You need to read your code of conduct. Okay. Four My vagina it. is number one. <laughs> wow. That's how you talk to a senior executive <laughs> at iHeart. We're gonna have to talk about this for after the hour. All right. It's the breakfast club. Good morning. Back, back, back. You're checking out the world's most dangerous morning show. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest on the line this morning. We have Zuri Hall. Welcome. Thank you. What's up? Good morning, loved one. What's happening? Um, all is well. I'm really not all the way awake right now because I'm in Los Angeles and I haven't been up before the sun in probably like five years. So. Oh, you're not an early bird at all, huh, Zuri? No, no, no. I'm more of a night owl. But for the breakfast club, I couldn't wait. So if you don't know, people <laughs> who don't know who Zuri Hall is, explain to them who, who you are and what you do so, so they're up to speed. Yeah, um, so I am an entertainment news host. I am with Access Hollywood. I'm also the sideline reporter on NBC's American Ninja Warrior. Um, I've been in entertainment news for oof, probably six or seven years now. Mm -hmm. I was at MTV for a minute, which is where I first met Charlemagne, and then we were on MTV2's Uncommon Sense together. He was generous enough to allow me to share the screen with him on that show, and that's how we first got to know each other. And then after MTV, I went to, to E! News for a little while, and I was there for probably like four or five years doing all of the Hollywood entertainment red carpet coverage, and mm -hmm. now I'm at Access Hollywood. 
And yeah, I've got my hands full. Now we've got the podcast too with the Black Effect. All right, now have you met the podcast? Now, now, Zori, did you know you wanted to get into TV when you were younger? Yeah, I always knew that I wanted to be on stage. My first love was acting. So I actually grew up in children's theater workshop, like five years old. I remember memorizing my first set of lines and I used to walk to the library and like camp out in the theater aisle and read how to like make a headshot or how to get your resume and all these things. Cause I'm from Toledo, Ohio. So it was quite the journey to get to the ghost. What were those lines when you were five? Lines. I'm what was the play? Thirty years ago. You don't remember what it was? Like what? What? What was the the, the what was um, the? I remember production? I had two pigtails. What was? Oh, I was in Rip Van Winkle. I was in a production of Rip Van Winkle. I think that was my debut at five years old. Oh, uh, that's the connection because Charlemagne. That was like part of your rap name. That was Charlemagne's Dizzy rap Van name. Winkle. Wait, what? <laughs> I'd rather talk about that than me at yes. five years old. No, that my rap name sense. used to be Dizzy Van Winkle. Yes. Yes. And he had two pigtails also. Never had any pigtails. He did, and lipstick. <laughs> I'm sure you would wear them well. So wait, give me you asking me for lines. Give me something. What what was I, what was Jesus talking about? I used to steal other people's rap, so I, I would rap like a five dog verse and act like it was mine. I rap like a red man verse and act like it was mine. And assume no one would ever catch assume on. Assume nobody would catch on. <laughs> as if Tribe Called Quest and Red Man weren't gold and platinum artists. Right, exactly. right, right. Exactly. But you, you went to college, too, though. You went to Ohio State. <laughs> yes, I did. So what was your yeah, major? I was on a full ride at Ohio State, the Ohio State University. Thank you very much. You had a full ride. Mm. Full ride, yeah. Full ride through junior high, high school, and college were all wow. academic scholarships. Yeah, so. So you went to school with not a lot, were there not a lot of black people? Oh, my God. I was... So there were, I think, three black people, four black people. Granted, it's important to know, my entire graduating class was like 36 people. Um, and we were all going to school together for like six years. But yeah, by the time I graduated, I was the only black girl in my class. And I think I was that only black girl for at least three of my four high school years. How did that impact uh, you psychologically? Yeah. I mean, it, it impacted me a lot. In one sense, like we talk a lot about code switching, right? And so that was something mm -hmm. that had to learn how to do from a very early age and I didn't feel like I fit in totally because I didn't I was the only black girl in the class and yet I was learning to operate in these other spaces that when I came home looked nothing like you know what I was used to I remember it was the first time that I realized the difference between kind of the haves and the have-nots, right? And so I'm living in between these two spaces and I'm like, hold up, this isn't adding up. I remember one time, one of my white girlfriends, her mom gave me a ride back home and her little brother was in the car with us. And as we left my school's neighborhood and kind of headed back into the inner city, the, the roads got bumpier. I never thought about that in my life. I was wow. like, roads are bumpy. And the, the little boy was like, mom, why are the roads so bumpy? And why are there so many holes in the streets here? And he's a kid. He's not thinking about it at all. But then I, as maybe a 12 or a 13 year old, hadn't thought about it either. And I'm like, well, shoot, why are they so bumpy? Why is, why is there even a difference? It was the first right. time I realized that his experience driving home was not the same as mine because you know, our lifestyles weren't the same. How did um, being around all those white people affect your rhythm? <laughs> your rhythm? Can you dance? Can you not dance? Is that what he's First saying? First of all, the fact that if I answer this, I'm damned if I do, I'm damned if I don't, right? Like the fact that you have to be like, I have rhythm is an automatic, nah, she can't, I don't want to see it. I think I am great. Thank you very much. I, I dance, I go out, I live my life. I just, 
I don't know, Charlemagne. I don't think about. <laughs> yes, I have rhythm. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, the reason I keep asking about your past is simply because I want people to know Zuri Halls don't happen overnight. You were intentional mm. about what it is you wanted to do. Your ma- what was your major in college? I majored in strategic communication yes. with a focus on mass external audiences, and I minored in theater. And how did that help you now? Um, it helped me because I've been learning how to craft a message since I was 18 years old. I've always wanted to be in entertainment, but I knew if I wasn't going to be in entertainment news, my backup plan would be maybe I do publicity or, or PR or marketing in the space. And as a communicator, as a storyteller, like I used to write competitively. I've got rhythm. You should have asked if I had friends because I was like such a nerd in, in high school. And so we would actually have, it was called Power of the Pen. There was a state competition. I ended up with first place at state finals where you're writing competitively, timed, given prompts, et cetera. So that was what was on my heart from an early age and strategic communication to me was just kind of that next professional step. It's like, okay, now I know how to tell a story. How do I tell it to the masses in a way that relates to them? Mm -hmm. So that kind of set me up for the fact that I tell stories for a living now. You know, it might look differently. Um, I spent a year in Dallas, Texas, anchoring the evening news. Um, So those were the hardest stories that I ever had to tell. You know, you're reporting on death, destruction. I won my first Emmy uh, in Indiana. I see you back there stunting. I see it. Little, little low-key flex, just like a gentle, gentle <laughs> one in the corner. Um, but yeah, so I think that's how it prepared me. School was was me figuring out who I was, what I had to say, and, and who I thought might want to hear it, and then just getting comfortable with owning that voice. Like, I'm very well aware that sometimes because of my, my upbringing, my perspective might differ a little bit from others, but just owning who I am and owning who I'm not has really been the key to sharing my story in a way that resonates with people. So that's what I, that's what I aim to do now. All right, we have more with Zuri Hall when we come back. And make sure you subscribe to Zuri Hall's podcast, Hot Happy Mess, on the Black Effect iHeartRadio podcast network, and salute the Molson Coors, okay? You know them for their brands like Coors Light, Miller Light, Blue Moon, and Vizzy Seltzer. Uh, we're excited to be collaborating with brands like Molson Coors on the Black Effect podcast network. Don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Zuri Hall. Yee. Now, I saw you were talking about imposter syndrome, which is something that I've been discussing a lot lately, too, as a Black woman entrepreneur. So I wanted to address that with you, what imposter syndrome is and your thoughts on it. Imposter syndrome is just this idea that we don't belong, right? That, okay, I've gotten into this room, I've gotten into this space, but I'm not supposed to be here. And at some point they gonna realize. It doesn't matter if it's a job that you get, if it's a social situation that you somehow end up in, it's this idea that you're an imposter. And it is very often based on the the lies we tell ourselves. You know, I said um, in a recent episode of Hot Happy Mess that we carry our insecurities into our opportunities. And I have certainly done that um, in the past. I'm working on it. I do it much less now. Like even Charlemagne, like I kind of opened up to you a little bit about this earlier in the year uh, when I was at MTV. Like I felt a lot of that and it really starts to chip away not just at your confidence but at your performance that's where you up too in tv because instead of showing up as your true authentic self you start being what you think the producer wants or the ep wants so you're not even being yourself and so you're not giving your best performance because it's not you Exactly. And and to your point, which is so right, it comes into you also knowing who you are. And so for me, 
the my 20s was that journey i didn't know who i was outside of a high achieving high performing person until probably my late 20s early 30s and that was the first time that i had to sit with myself and say okay you have achieved you've checked a lot of boxes but you're not as happy as you could be and everywhere you go you kind of feel that if not imposter syndrome that who do i need to be to thrive here and i stopped asking myself that question a few years ago and decided i am who i am so let me go find and seek out opportunities that help serve that and that celebrate that so what are my core values what do i prioritize who am i proud to be i'm proud to be joe's and valencia's daughter i'm proud of the ohio girl that i am and i want to be in spaces where i can be that where i don't have to play that down and it, it made me realize i was going to have to say no to a lot of stuff and i was going to have to walk away from things but what i walked into was more purpose and peace because i was no longer showing up for people who drained me for shows that didn't inspire me. And so I was I was just happier and that resonates. That shows on camera, it shows on screen. What got you to that point? Was it yeah, a conversation? Because was it a therapist? Was it a friend? What got uh -huh. you to that point where you felt like I can be that free? It was therapy and it was being so miserable that I couldn't take it anymore. I was in a job that for a long time I had loved a lot, but I got to a certain point where I was crying every day. I was exhausted. I didn't feel appreciated. I didn't feel understood. It was like the things that I brought to the table were no longer a priority in those spaces, in certain spaces, and that's okay, but I was still trying to show up as whatever that new thing was, that new energy was that they they wanted. And at a certain point, I was like, I don't wanna have to be anything other than I, than what I am. And I am so miserable faking it that I would rather do nothing <laughs> than keep doing this in the way that I am. So being that fed up that I had to seek a change. And then through therapy, I was able to realize what are my core values, integrity, family, work ethic. I appreciate being in spaces where hard work is appreciated and celebrated. Um, and so as I realized who I was, I could realize what I needed to be doing and who I needed to be doing it with. And and that was really the key to it all. Gotcha. So Zuri, what happened after college? What was the what was the first gig out of college? I just get so stressed every time you answer you ask a question specifically because it always seems so chill at first. And then I have this bad <laughs> habit of taking the bait. Like anytime I'm on brilliant idiots, I just go hide for the first week after because I've revealed too much. My mom is calling me like, well, I didn't know that you did today. And I'm just like, never again. No, never when I posted again. your podcast the other day, somebody was like, is her first guest going to be uncircumcised or circumcised? Oh, my God, can we not? Can we not? Please, Charlamagne. Please, Charlamagne. Please. Now you got to explain. Now you got to explain. No, we don't have to explain. Inside joke. Okay. No, no, no. After, it was on your podcast. Joke, inside joke. After, after college. <laughs> <laughs> after college, I, I won a competition to be the face of a local TV station in Indianapolis. And then that was my baptism by fire. So it was a top 25 market. I learned how to edit footage, how to shoot footage myself. I learned how to produce for the first time. And that I, I really credit to my career because I learned how to be more than, you know, a talking head. I was telling stories. I was producing them start to finish. I was pitching stories in the newsroom. Um, and then I just kind of climbed the local news market. So I was in Dayton for a while. I was anchoring the evening news in Dallas, Texas. And I was the weather girl there too. So that was a little bit bizarre. And then I moved to New York. My goal was national by 25. And then that happened. I got my first job offer uh, for a cable channel. It was Fuse at the time at 24. So, that, so you Fused moved out. to New York for Fuse? 
Yeah, I went to New York for Fuse, and then I was there for a year, and then MTV was interested, so I went over, I headed over to MTV, and then the rest was history. E! News came after that, moved to L.A., and never looked back. When I saw Zuri at MTV just having conversations with Zuri, I'm like, yo, that's who I want to be the other host of Uncommon Sense. And me and Zuri mm-hmm. actually shot the pilot together for Uncommon Sense, and then she did one episode and then bounced <laughs> to go to E. No, okay. That is not how it went down. That's exactly because, how it went. Well, it is It is technically how it went down, actually. <laughs> I was at a point at MTV where I was like, well, what am I doing? Like, what am I, what is for me here? You know, I was looking for that space. And then what kind of kills me was um, the MTV2 opportunity came on the scene. I met you. Um, you were really advocating for me, and I so appreciated it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm making headway here at MTV, and it feels really good. But by that point, I had already been planting the L.A. seeds. And then um, as soon as I was getting excited about staying in New York and doing Uncommon Sense and being with MTV, he was like, are you sure you don't want to come out here? And I was like, ah, that was always my next goal. So it came a few years earlier than I had expected. So it, it kind of felt like a, a now or never moment. Because you, Dita Samara, was the original cast of Uncommon Sense. Right, which is so crazy yeah. when I think about just how far everyone has come since then. And then when I see them, oh, my God, it just lights me. It makes me so happy. <laughs> Another fun fact, my parting gift to Zori when she left to go to E was one of the bottles of uh, Don Perignon that Drake <laughs> gave me. You regifted? Yes, right. <laughs> yes, he regifted, and I had my bottle. It was hood rich because I was on the train for sure with a bottle of Dom, holding on to the pole with my other hand, <laughs> trying to get home to Harlem. And they were like, "What is this girl doing with a bottle of Dom on the train?" D- define hot happy mess. What, what does it mean to be a hot happy mess? A hot happy mess. Um, hot happy mess is all about celebrating your magic in the middle of life's messes. I spent all of my twenties putting off the living for later. I'm not gonna go on summer vacation with y'all. I'm not gonna go on that spring break trip because I'm hustling, because I'm interning, I'm whatever. I'm what like whatever. But this is about saying we can't do that anymore. We can't put off our living for tomorrow. So the most we can do is celebrate and find the magic in the middle of what we have. And that means embracing the hot, the happy, and the mess of your life at the same time. I love my 20s. They made me who I am. I am living a a great life because of the sacrifices I made then. But now I am more, more obsessed with, more preoccupied with how do I take the time to celebrate the things that matter. So what's next Missouri Hall? Um, another episode of Hot Happy Mess. I've been recording in my closet with a blanket on top of my head. So, <laughs> so we're really doing big things over here, guys. <laughs> so um, no video, just audio. Cause no, we do have video. video. Every now and then I'll put on something with a blanket. <laughs> and yeah, just still creating content, entertainment news on Access Hollywood. So just staying busy. But Hot Happy Mess, that's it. Every Monday. We've got new episodes, and we've got a lot of really exciting topics coming up. So I hope everyone gives it a listen. Yeah, go subscribe to Hot Happy Mess. Um, Black Effect, iHeartRadio Podcast Network, available everywhere you listen to podcasts. I love the episode with um, Nedra Glover. I can't pronounce her last name. And Nedra Glover Tawab, yes. Like, the happiness hacks that she was yes. giving were just gold, right? Man, that was Mind pretty your business, which you say you have a hard time with. <laughs> yeah, the first one. Mind your business and biting your tongue. Yeah. Well, Zuri, we appreciate you for checking in. Appreciate you so much, much, Zuri. You are a star. I love to see you shine. I appreciate you, friends. Thank you all so much for taking the time to talk a little bit with me. I really appreciate it. And follow Zuri on all platforms at Zuri Hall.
That's right. It's Zuri Hall. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. I wish I could hear the song that Charlemagne sings behind the scenes. But anyway, <laughs> morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are The Stop Breakfast lying Club. On me, okay? Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk College Hill Reboot. Listen up. It's just in. All the gossip. Gossip. The rumor report. Gossip. With Angela, Angela Yee. It's The Rumor Report. The Breakfast Club. All right. Well, there is a College Hill reboot in the works, according to the Jasmine brand. And they said that filming will begin in 2021. The cast will include celebrities that would like to pursue higher education. And if y'all used to watch College Hill, you know, it was a reality show on BET. So it's all for HBCUs. You can expect to see a diverse cast, including reality stars, artists, and influencers. And that's going to be Did in y'all 2021. Watch it? No, I never used to watch College Hill when it was it um when it was on, but I mean I'm all for any program that influences and inspires people to want to go to college. Especially at HBCU, even, yeah. yeah. Even though I didn't go to college, but you know. Now College Hill started airing back in two thousand four and then uh until two thousand nine. Yeah, I would check it out. All right, Olivia Jade is breaking her silence, and all of that is on the college admission scandal that got her mom and dad in prison. Lori Lachlan and Mosim I can't even pronounce his name, Mosimo Gianulli. So she was on Red Table Talk, and she was talking about her family's involvement in this college bribery ring that became national news. Listen to this. So do you understand why different people in the community would be upset? Do you have any understanding of why I would be upset at your being here and and what you all did? I would also love to hear it it from you because I feel like it's a good learning thing. I think I can understand how wrong it is and... We had the means to do something, and we completely took it and ran with it. I missed that whole uh, entanglement. What was that about? You don't remember the whole college scandal where these people were paying Rick Singer money to help get their kids into different colleges? Yeah, I remember that girl. But who was she, though? I remember the... She's the daughter. She's one of the kids that actually ended up... Yes, and her parents paid... I think um, $500,000, yes, to help her and her older sister get accepted into USC. So part of it was making it look like she was a member of a rowing team. So she got a spot on the crew team. They even had pictures of them, like, practicing their rowing and stuff like that. So if you're not cheating, you're not trying hard enough. (laughs) 500,000, sheesh. All right, now let's discuss what happened with little baby on his birthday weekend. He went to Vegas, and there's a woman, an adult film actress named Miss London, who went on Twitter Sunday, and allegedly she's saying that little baby, I guess, paid her $16,000 uh, for, for one what? night. One so, night of what? For 16 grand. She had posted, I'm legit about to talk-ish all night. Okay, I'm home. Uh, 6K richer and full of 1942. I'm not dropping no names, but Jada not leaving this man ever. She said, the best D I ever had came from a millionaire who didn't say more than two full sentences <sighs> to me. He literally beat me to the mattress soon as I got in the room. Now, little baby has responded like, huh, what the F be wrong with y'all people? And he said, I get it. Say baby name, get clout. Y'all need to stop the desperate ish. And then he said, when ish going good, watch for the devil. And then she put out an alleged DM from little baby's account where uh, he said, what's the point of paying if you do all that? You effing the game up. If I pay for it, you ain't supposed to speak on it. That's bad business, mama. That is allegedly. true, though. But if he, did, like, is- if he did pay... And, and prostitution is legal in Vegas, right? But if he did pay for it, why speak? Didn't you get paid? All I got from that is when a person refers to a bed as a mattress, she's not used to a box spring. <laughs> okay? She's used to just the mattress on the floor. For her to say, he just went straight to the mattress. Now, little baby also said, Jada been with me my whole birthday, including Vegas. Y'all on, y'all be on some BS. 
And Jada said, China, F up the brand, you bad for business, F no, girl. And then she said, see, this is why it's best to just STFU and chill, because as soon as you show a little bit of happiness on the internet, MFers be like, ah, ah, I'm so tired of this. That's a fact. People, misery loves company, and companies of Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and all them other social media apps. Like, what was the point of that woman telling that lie? She said she was drunk when she was tweeting about it. So that gives you the right to lie just because you're drunk? No, you about, nah, you, could, you could ruin somebody's whole household, somebody's whole home for some BS. Could you imagine it, what his household was on his birthday? He trying to celebrate, Come he on, gets man. that? And if you lie about that, what else would you lie about? All right, now Mario Lopez is playing Colonel Sanders in a movie, Recipe. That's for real? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a Lifetime movie. On KFC, so it looks crazy. <laughs> it looks <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> I thought Mario was playing yesterday when I saw him post A that. recipe for seduction. So you can check that out on <laughs> Sunday, by the way, if you want to see that on Lifetime. And we got to give a rest in peace to Natalie DeSalle Reed's family. Uh, she passed away, and she's known for her roles in Eve, a Medea film, and Baps. Mm-hmm. She died after a battle with cancer that she mm. had kept very private. Uh, she had colon cancer. She was diagnosed earlier this year. She was in hospice care in her final days. She was surrounded by family when she went. So, rest in peace. That's horrible. Rest in peace to her. I'm telling you, man, Absolutely. I don't care what happened this year. Um, if you're healthy right now, if you're alive right now, take a deep breath and thank God. Mm-hmm. Okay, because this is a lot. It was a lot of grief this year. It was a lot of death this year. It was a lot of sickness this year. If you didn't have to experience any of that, and you're here right now, thank God, man. All right. Okay, what your situation is? Trust me, it could be worse. Well, that is your rumor report. I'm Angela Yee. All right, the People's Choice mixes up next. Let's go. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, shout to Mountain Dew, and Mountain Dew has an HBCU initiative that they have are uh, putting into effect. Uh, they feel like the black community faces a wealth gap that is a result of years of systemic racism. That ain't no feel. That's yeah, they a fact. do. They're restricted by barriers that should have been long removed. And Mountain Dew believes entrepreneurs are the doers and the keys to building up black-owned businesses and shrinking the historic wealth gap. Okay. He's so Mountain Dew is announcing with the Real Change Opportunity Fun Pitch Competition. Now, with a pool prize of a million dollars, the goal of the Real Change Opportunity Fun Pitch Competition is to aspire and empower HBCU students to go out and do and ultimately turn their killer ideas into real businesses. So if you want to enter and uh, get some of this money, visit mountaindew.com slash real change. No doubt. Now, sp- right. now, speaking of real change, Charlemagne re-signed for an additional five years. You want to donate some money, bro? Okay. Um, first of all, uh, you need to address me as Senior Creative Officer of Cultural Content and Programming. Okay, on top <laughs> of my duties as a co-founder and Executive Vice President and Chief Creative Officer at the Black Effect Podcast Network. Okay, so watch how you talk to a senior executive at iHeart. All right, so does Mr. that mean? Casey? So if you flirt with me now, like you always do? No, if you flirt is, with me, like you always do. Flirting with. An employee, and you, you... You were doing your code of conduct this morning. You saw that one little thing about hugging from the back? You told me to do it. <laughs> no. You told me to do so it. So when I asked you to I do it, you like do I felt like I had to do it, because if I didn't, I don't know where, where my job security was. Well, guess what? What? I'll talk about it in a senior in the meeting today with senior executives, okay? <laughs> I'll see how secure your job is, all right? All right. And salute to my guy, Bakari Sellers, man. Um... A couple years ago, I I, I was I'm, I I am I'm an executive producer on Bakari Sellers uh, "While I Breathe" I hope documentary, mm-hmm. and um, it won an Emmy. And nice. it came in the mail yesterday, so I had it in the car, so I decided to bring it in just so y'all don't think I'm lying. Let me hold your Emmy. Hey, you can hold it. <laughs> okay, what am I supposed to do with this thing? Put it on your mantle. Yes. Yes. 
So they won out. Uh, it won for outstanding documentary topical. While I breathe, I hope. So if you've never seen the Bakari Sellers doc, While I Breathe, I Hope, uh, go check it out. I think it's pretty good. With or without an Emmy, is pretty good. Congrats. All right. When we come back, we got the positive note. Don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning. No, what a great day today is. Huh? Today's just a great day. Because it's your last day. <laughs> Angela Yee is gone from now until January 5th. She going to Fourth. quarantine? Well, <laughs> actually, I just took another COVID test, but um, I'm doing a show that I created for Facebook, so I got a film for the next couple of days. So everybody had to get tested. Okay. And we have some testing on site, but I'm excited about it. So it's about comedy, and y'all will love it. That's dope. Mm-hmm. Yep, so you're going into January 5th. What, what, was, the, what was the results of your COVID test? Negative. <laughs> okay. Just make it sure. <laughs> Listen, Not- you wearing a mask is protecting me from your spittle, hey, which man. could have COVID all in it. So just- that's why you wear a mask to protect the people around you. I think we should see those results. Let let us see, okay? The positive note is, whenever you find yourself doubting how far you can go, just remember how far you have come. Breakfast Club, bitches! Y'all finished or y'all done? 